This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host, Joe Rimmer, and today I'm joined by Ian Doyle. How are you, Ian? I'm okay, yourself? I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad. And Theo Squires, how are I'm you? I'm a lot warmer than I was on Sunday. It was very wet and cold at Anfield. Yeah, it's that sort of that time of year, isn't it, Theo? Um, but it was quite routine um, on Sunday, which was good. Um, we all like a routine win. Um, Doyle, just how routine was the routine? Um, a little bit of, couple of couple of goals ruled out early doors, but... It felt like they got the job done without too much hassle. It wasn't routine, routine, because they had to work hard for it. <coughs> First 20 minutes was a bit of an arm wrestle, trying to work out what Brentford were going to do. And uh, then it became obvious they were going to sit back, play on the break and look for some set pieces, which is what Toulouse did and what Luton did and what I suspect quite a lot of teams will be doing, coming to not even just playing Liverpool at home this season. So that's something that Liverpool are having to get used to. Um, but yeah, when you look at it overall, 3-0, clean sheet... About you know as comfortable as you're going to get against Brentford, I think they're not a team that gives away too many goals, or by which I mean they're not a team that gets tonked very very often. W- so. Weren't they on? This would have been a fifth consecutive win for them. Yeah, it like was, that? but then if you look at the, I'm pretty sure they drew they drew at Arsenal, didn't they? This season one all. They should have beaten United at United. They won at Chelsea, which to be fair, they always seem to beat Chelsea. Um, so they've had some good results, and they drew at home against Tottenham on the first day of the season as well. So. They're no mugs. They've been in the Premier League a couple of years now. Um, but what impressed me with Liverpool is that they, going forward, we know what they can do. We've seen that. And they they, they, they got three against Forest. They got three against West Ham. You know, the, the scoring goals now against these teams, but at home in particular. But they kept the clean sheet. And there was a spell in the second half where Brentford had six, I think it was like six corners in a row or something like that. And, you know, even though I think the score may have even been 3-0 at that time, and... Liverpool were absolutely determined to keep the clean sheets. I mean, Van Dijk had a great game. He, he cleared one from just off near the line. Alisson made a great save, I think, from, from Pinnock, from the header. Um, so, overall, there was that kind of sense that once Liverpool got ahead, they were going to win. It was a matter of how many they were going to win by, but when they did get the, you know, they managed to get it sorted, they were quite keen. I think they were proving a point with that clean sheet, I think. I think definitely, I mean, we spoke to Van Dijk after the game and he kind of was expressing the importance of clean sheets, this, that and the other as a defender. But you could tell that they were quite pleased with that, especially against the team who Liverpool have had problems with in the past. It was earlier this year, wasn't it? First day first day of the calendar year, first game, sorry, of the calendar year, where they were beaten 3-1. And then even when the re- reverse fixture happened in May, I think it was, it was only 1-0. I think it was the penalty, wasn't it? Salah won, uh, Nunes won the penalty, Salah scored it. So you know it's going to be awkward. But especially after what happened against Toulouse and Luton, I think Liverpool can be more than happy with how it went and with quite a lot of players missing as well. What I've been quite impressed with this season, Theo, about Liverpool is, like Dolly said down there, the point to prove. And whenever they've had a mini setback this season, they've responded well. You know, that you, you look at before the last international break, obviously that defeat at Tottenham and then the draw at Brighton, they come back, win the derby and then win another couple of consecutive games. Obviously the past week... The Luton game, I think they can go that way against promoted teams, but it wasn't the best for Liverpool, obviously, to lose. Again, I think they can go that way when you change a lot of players, but those two results together, you didn't really want that to turn into a mini spell, did you? Especially before an international break, and especially when you're coming back in with such a big game against Man City. So it was impressive the way they won 
to stop any talk of any sort of mini crisis. Well, yeah, definitely. Like if City had slipped up against Chelsea, Liverpool gone into this break level with them at the top of the table, and that's something that's almost been overlooked with um, a couple of times they have slipped up. And it was important for them to bounce back and put in that responding that response in a performance. And it's exactly what they did. Like it was a bit nervous early on. Like they kept passing it back to Allison and Brentford were pushing him hard. And you felt at times that oh, it's only going to take one slip up here in treacherous conditions, and we're going to have a, a real struggle. But then they settled into the game, and it's like the couple of disallowed goals is like actually we're playing quite well here. And then when they got the first goal, as Doyle says, you knew which way the result was going to go. But Liverpool have got that fighting spirit now. It's not like last year where any setback and they were down and out, you, you just knew they were going to crumble. Now they have got that bit more resilience. And you can say that even against Luton and Toulouse. Like it's only a, a dodgy VAR decision that stops them getting a point in France. They get the, the draw at Luton when they've not played well. Like they have got that bit of grit in them now. When you've got so many players who are out at the moment who would be starting, and when this was a starting eleven against Brentford, that Klopp himself said, they're going to have to play most of the game. We don't have much in reserve. We don't have the tall physical players to match Brentford in reserve. They've just definitely stood up and been counted. And when you get that win, you're going into the international break, it's a different feeling to what we've had before the other breaks. And you think City, huge test. Like Even if you slip up there, you've got a few points behind them. At least you've had this win there to make sure you're still just on the coattails. I think what's interesting is that I think we spoke about, well, we did speak about the Toulouse game on Friday in the last pod, but Klopp spoke about the aggression that he thought was missing from Liverpool's game. And that's probably the only game this season where it has been. You know, they have, as Theo said, they've been putting up a fight in all of these games. You look at the Tottenham game when they got beat 2-1 down to nine oh, men. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was the, probably the ultimate example of that, where they were very unlucky not to get something out of that game. But Brentford was a scrap for other reasons. You know what you're going to get against Brentford. Mm-hmm. They're... Uh, they're not a long ball team, but they do like to hit it long because they're playing to the strengths of the players they've got available. And, um, you know, Bumbuema was putting himself about. Van Dijk wasn't having any of it. You know, Matip, when he went near one of the players, he fell over and he seemed to get a, a bucket <laughs> and he, he, t- he, t- he took great umbrage. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah which is always funny. One of the funniest yeah. sights in football is uh, an irate Joel Matip. A, any emotion from yeah. Joel Matip is <laughs> one of the funniest like, sights in, in football. It's like one extreme yeah. to the other, isn't yeah, it? It's like yeah. he's like so steady and then it's like he's gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's what probably impressed me most against Brentford. They got proper stuck in. I know we're going to get on to Endo's mm-hmm. tackling a bit, but just overall, they re- refused to be bullied. And I think last season, certainly as I said back in January, there were games where they were getting overly bullied. And I know the the kind of the confidence levels and the availability of the players and all this, that and the other has changed since then. But then it's changed for the better, so that shows you that how Liverpool have improved in the what nearly twelve months now. Well, I want to talk about some individual performances, but just to keep you there on the availability of players, I mean, it, it, it's probably a little bit overlooked that we, we did our injury roundup before. They've got seven injuries, some significant ones at that. Um, you know, that's, you, that's not. Incorporate. I'm assuming that doesn't include like Sir Connor Bradley and Bobby Clark either. No, who, no, who exactly. Yeah, who, yeah. In and around the squad, yeah, in and around the squad, and would have played. Mm. some of the games recently mm-hmm. which would have co- caused taken the pressure off some of the players who did play who've subsequently yeah. been injured through you know playing too a bit too much at this you know th- th- these big games constantly I mean Klopp's always been talking about that and we've seen with Newcastle this season yeah. and we've seen you know, we haven't seen with Tottenham Tottenham just have Arne in Europe are they so, we, so it's, it's, we've seen with Newcastle well maybe Tottenham because of the way they want to play yeah. I think I think with with, uh, with Newcastle we've seen playing twice a week every single week is hard work and mm-hmm. it does take a while to get used to it for the players and to build a squad that's capable of doing it and I think 
you're right, Liverpool kind of, I think they reached the end. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I said in my piece and to lose, I think there was one rotation too many. Yeah. That was partly because they were the only players that had available. Yeah. And they had even fewer. I mean, yesterday, the, the 11 they put yeah. out was the only 11, really, they, they could have put out, wasn't I mean, it? If you there, think was it there was Diaz, there was Elliot. Yeah. Was that it? Senior was, yeah. You'd yeah, have had like one there kid was, on there the was three 20 year olds, of which Elliot's one, mm. and they were four teenagers. Mm. And you knew quite well the likes of Trey and Yodi. Great, you know, great moment for him to be in the squad at 16 years of age, but he was never getting on. Yeah. And the fact that it was 3 0 towards the end, they allowed him to get McConnell on. So, yeah. again, it was his Premier League debut. Good, good moment for him, but an indictment of the way things have gone in terms of injuries and availabilities for Liverpool at the moment. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. All right, let's talk into about some individual performances. Theo, um, let's start with Salah, who, um, who scored two of the goals. Um, Theo, uh, sorry, Donny, I know you're right. The piece is sort of saying <laughs> yes, he's I gone am. under the radar <laughs> this season a little bit. But, but it, I mean, he really has, hasn't he? I mean, he, he, I think before that game, uh, sorry, before the Man City game, he had more goal involvement than anyone in the Premier League. Then Haaland overtook him again with his couple of goals in, in that game. But... Um, I mean, with Salah, he just quietly goes about his business, doesn't he? He keeps doing it. Um, I don't really know what to ask you about him, but just talk, say some nice things about Mo Salah. He's a very, very good footballer. Yeah. He scored a lot of goals and will continue to score a lot of goals. Um, it's when he's put in this form, you think, surely you don't go to Saudi Arabia at the end of the season. Surely you want to have another go at winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League. Like He's only 31 I know we've been saying he's it playing before. like a twenty-eight-year-old. Well, yeah, like when we've um, had Liverpool go it to was three years different. <laughs> <laughs> when we've had like Liverpool, that's go a to lot of years in football. That's like that's quarter, you, not quarter, fifth of your career, mate. Go on. <laughs> what, go on. No, no, they are gone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when like we've seen Liverpool play the the bigger teams in Europe, and oh, they've got Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who's in his late thirties, early forties, or Lewandowski, yeah. Messi. The comparison is, or well, can Salah go and do it? He's proven that he can. Uh, you, you don't want to see him go to Saudi anytime soon. You want to see him keep doing this. And the fact that it's only Erlen Haaland, who is this robotic striker, who's stopping him getting golden boots at the moment, shows that he is that leading star in the Premier League. Um, he, he's going to get his 200th goal for Liverpool within a couple of weeks, you'd imagine. Whether he can do it at the Etihad, that will certainly make headlines. Uh, he's just got this all-round game now, doesn't he? The fact that he's getting all these assists as well as the goals and he's getting the goals in the important moments. Like It would have been easy for Liverpool to get a bit nervous having had two goals disallowed against Brentford. It's coming up to half-time, you need that opener. He's the one who shows the composure in front of goal to get it. And, and it was, was very the, trademark, most yeah, of that goal, was. wasn't it? That was and throwback, most That link-up he's got with Nunes as well mm. is leading to so many goals. And he's just enjoying his football. He seems so relaxed. Uh, he's not quite as electric as he was at the start of 21-22, but he still seems to be returning the similar sort of numbers. And you think well, he's got the consistency now that maybe he's not going to be uh, distracted by AFCON in the new year. He certainly isn't distracted by his future. Like That would have been easy for him to go, uh, lose his uh, momentum when you've got all this talk about him. He's just going doing it on the pitch, and that's all the Liverpool need from him. Like There's a reason why he is the one who's kept on, why Mane's gone, why Firmino's gone, and why they're mixed fortunes in Saudi Arabia, whereas Salah is the one who's still the very best player in Premier League. I'm going to put you both on the spot quickly on Salah. Um, if he continues at this rate this season, finishes the season with 30-odd goals, do you still think he goes to Saudi? Theo, go first. I, I don't think he can. Like, There's only one thing in the back of his head that might make him want to, and that's going to play in the Middle East as a Middle Eastern player. 
but he's always got that mentality to break all the records he can at Liverpool, win all these trophies at Liverpool, well, top European game. If you're going to get Liverpool back into the Champions League, you at least have another crack at winning it. I don't know. But, but, <laughs> but, 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 at but. the end of the season, he'll only have a year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, what would Liverpool prefer? Another year from him. And then, so then he walks out for nothing. Or, I mean, I know they prefer to sign a new contract, but I'm saying if it was the, the two instances, would you prefer to sell him for 100, 100, 150 million pounds or let get another season out of him and let him go at the end? I think this would be really interesting, wouldn't it? Because obviously... Schmacker is still is still there. We we don't really know what the future holds for that department. But this is a huge test for Liverpool, isn't it? Because yeah, do they do they try and extend his contract for just another I'm year? I'm not sure it's a test. I think I think it's more. It's ultimately down to what he wants. I think Liverpool can offer him whatever money he wants. Well, they've got they've got a forward plan though. Liverpool haven't they? They've got a plan. Yeah. If they lose Salah, well, the big test gonna, is yeah. in terms of if he goes. Yeah. Meant in terms of trying to make him stay. But, no, sorry, I meant in terms of what they do. Because if he yeah. wants to stay, can they get a deal over the line? You know, we know how how much negotiating it took to get the last one. But if he doesn't want to stay, have they got the plans in place? Don't take your shoes off. <laughs> taking your shoes off no, in the pod. This is, like a, this is a podcast pod. first. Someone <laughs> taking their shoes off. You're obviously in a good mood taking shoes off. Um, but sorry, you've, you've, your feet has, has, has ruined my train of thought here. Just be glad he's wearing socks. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't wear socks. Yeah. He's not an animal. Did you not see the fan at uh, the game at the weekend? He was in like sliders, nothing on. It was about a million degrees. Was it Liverpool? Yeah. Was it about a million degrees below? It was just really cold. What was he, what was he thinking? Don't I? Just, that's why I thought I'd throw it in there. No, well, well, people's feet. <laughs> 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 I'm now looking. I'm distracted. Um, well, I can't even. Yeah, well, it, it, Liverpool are going to have to plan for both eventualities in the next six to eight months, aren't they? So I think it'd be really interesting. Um, and the way he's the way he's going, I mean, you just really don't want to lose this most salary. What got as well though is that when it comes to the negotiations for the next contract, he's, he's going to be 32, nearly yeah. 33, and footballers cannot go on forever. And I think no, but they I, can I, go I, on I to their 36, 37. I would imagine he won't be quite as good overall when he's 30, getting towards the end of that next deal if he gets mm-hmm. one. So Liverpool have to bear that in mind. And also, they don't, as you say, it is a tough one, but we've seen many a time every player is replaceable. Yeah, of Some course. Players course. are more replaceable than others. And ultimately, it's going to come down to what he wants. They might, you know, it's interesting the thing about the Saudi league. I've heard whispers now that there's a, some players have gone. Well, you know, the, yeah. the, the kind of the initial kind of things just worn off, and yeah, they're getting this. This happens. It happened with China, getting, didn't it? Getting so. paid a lot of money, but the standard isn't great. Although it's still better than it, what it was mm-hmm. six months ago, and some of the crowds aren't great, even though some of the teams are getting twenty, thirty thousand yeah. for each game. So it, it's kind of not quite there yet. Whether it will be or not, I don't know. Because some things, it doesn't matter how much money you throw it, you'll never get it to where it wants to be because it just can't. Yeah. What I found really interesting from it is when we've had all the conversations about Salah's future in the past, when it looked like he might go a couple of years ago, by staying, he's outlived the targets that they were being linked with. Like mm-hmm. We knew they liked Jared Bowen, and people were like a bit sceptical of that at the time, but Bowen's in the form of his life at the moment for West Ham. But he's not really someone you would look to now to sign to replace him. You want someone younger. It's that next profile of player. And if you look at who can replace Mo Salah, no one can. If you want this inverted left-footed forward on the right he is still that the best player in world football in there so you're gonna have to start again lower down and whether that's someone from your academy or you're looking for something a bit different it is certainly this massive challenge the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo
don't necessarily think of that. It's, it's about, uh, I think the idea for, say, a Bowen, let's just say that they decide Bowen, is can you, I don't know what he finished last season with West Ham, but say he finished 15 goals. You'd expect Liverpool to elevate that, wouldn't you, to 25? Yeah, but it's the age of him. Like we're yeah, oh, yeah, of course. But that, that goes for any player, I mean, you know, that you buy. Um, what's the lad's name in uh, um, Leverkusen, who is a bit of a wonder Burt. kid? But yeah, I mean, someone like him, you would think that Liverpool would hope that they could elevate him to the, to the next level. But, but then uh, he's top of the Bundesliga, probably going to, well, they're in the Champions League, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They just all go to Bayern, don't they, really? Yeah. So, but, um, but I just think it's very interesting what, what happens next with Salah. Um, obviously, as you touched on, Theo, his, his partnership with Darwin Nunes just seems to keep get, getting better. Um, it seemed that seemed to be you're still playing with your shoe. Putting them back you're on. Putting back on, putting now, them yeah. back on because yeah, you've, you've got. I would like to point out they're not totally off, are they? They're no, they, they were sort of off. off. Yeah. Plus yeah. they can't see it, so it's okay. Well, some. Well, actually, no. The cameras aren't pointed down. Yeah, so, so um, but uh, great, great pod. <laughs> uh, great pod. Well, well like, you, you've got to take you've got to take the listener behind the scenes, haven't mm. you? Um, but yeah, um, Darwin Nunes. Great partnership. Um, it, I felt like reading Klopp's quotes after the game yesterday. That might have been as happy as Klopp has been with Darwin Nunes with a performance, even though he didn't score, he was very unlucky not to, but with a performance since he signed. Do you think that's fair to say? Well, he was very good in the first half. He's the mm. best player on the pitch in the first half. I think second half with the game kind of won, he kind of knew that and wasn't mm. quite involved quite as much, which didn't really matter, to be honest. But is the way we've, we've always known that he's going to have a shot. So mm-hmm. he loves a shot, but he's linking up much better mm-hmm. with his teammates. And to be fair, it's been like that since the summer in the uh, in pre-season. We're, um, we're over in Singapore and in Germany. And seeing those games, you could tell the signs were there. Um, I think the other players all completely trust him now. Yeah. I'm not saying that they didn't trust him in the past, but it's when you have a new player come in. He's not having the best of times. It might just play on your mind a little bit, sub, you know, subconscious or un, well, whatever, unconsciously. Unconsciously, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. 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 Thank God I'm not a journalist. <laughs> to use these words. Um, so there's there's no second thoughts. There's no hesitation. They're just all linking up. They all know where each other is. And the interesting thing, there was one little thing that I found quite interesting in the first half is, I think Nunes not saying he's got a free role, but he seems to have a bit of leeway certainly when Jota's playing on the left to kind of wander over to the left because it happened a couple of times and Jota immediately just trotted over and went central mm-hmm. and I think you can't possibly do that when Diaz is out there on the left because he's far more of a winger and there'll be games where that's the way that Liverpool have to play it but mm-hmm. against Brentford it really worked because I thought Jota in the se- second half his performance was probably even better than Nunes's overall mm-hmm. I gave him out of the match although mm-hmm. you know, one or two people didn't agree with that but tough that was my, my choice. Um, <laughs> Address but, the camera and yeah, say that. Yeah. Yeah. Speak yeah. to the people. Yeah. Speak straight to the people. Yeah. Tough. Put your shoes back on and tell them. <laughs> tell uh, but, but Nunes, yeah, I think overall you can see, you can see why Klopp was happy. He defended well. He got in the right positions. As you say, he was a bit unlucky not to score twice. Set up a goal for Salah. And once again, every time something happened, or nearly every time something happened, he was around there. And he's mm. always that kind of player. And... Because of that, and he's playing with more confidence, everything seems to look a lot easier. Mm-hmm. He seems to run a little bit faster. He seems mm-hmm. to press a little bit quicker. His passes seem to be a bit more accurate. His shooting, it's not like going miles or everywhere. He's, I know people don't quite like that he has quite as many shots in range, but I think the keeper, was, was, they were all on target, weren't they? So he's somebody who, he is going to make a massive difference for Liverpool, and he is. And, he, and the reason Klopp was happy is because he's become the player that Liverpool yeah basically yeah. it's taken 15 16 months to get to that point now no one's talking about is Nunes good enough for Liverpool is he good yeah. enough for the Premier League yeah. now it's more 
okay, well, how many talents can we get in play? And, and what's the best way of building a team around him? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the assist for Salah was just, I, I just love that. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was really good pass inside from Trent. Great touch and, and just really great weight on the pass. Um, and that is the sort of thing that, it's something Salah Sal and Firmino used to do, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And we've seen this relationship between Salah and Nunes for a while now, isn't it? Like all of um, Salah's goals, no, all of Nunes' goals, no, goals have been Salah's goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of Nunes's goals have been set up by Salah, and they've just in sync. I mean, what I think, I think what I think is to right say is all, all of Nunes's assists have that's been one. That's, that's the one. That's extraordinary. With the exception of one, which is one that in, in Europe it counts as an assist, but I think in, in terms of English football or the way they, they count, they don't count. And that's the one where you get the post. Oh yeah, yeah. Birch, yeah, that counts as an assist, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah, they're they're in sync and they've got this blossoming relationship, and it's something that sort of eyed out when Liverpool signed Nunes because there were people looking at when Salah was at Roma, going, "Well, this is what he did with Ed and Jacko." Yeah, yeah. And granted, Nunes is a better player than Jacko in terms of the all-round package. Like he's got a lot more pace in his locker; he seems a bit more powerful. But you can see how they just know where each other's going to be, uh, and it works both ways. Whether it's Salah putting a through ball for Nunes to get in behind them. Or it's just those little layoffs, and you know as soon as Salah's in that position, he's just going to bend it into that bottom corner. And it's what you want to see from this Liverpool attack: the fact that they've got five world-class forwards now, and it doesn't matter which one's there, they are still going to score lots of goals and know exactly where each other's going to be. Yeah, it's taken a little bit of time to get there, but that was always going to be the case after so many changes in what a year, eighteen months, and now we're seeing the fruits of it. We're seeing how well they are blending together. Um, it's not a, co a conversation now of whether Nunes should be first choice, whether you bench him and make an impact sub. You just want him fit. You want him starting every time he's available, especially for the big games. Like when Firmino was there, you'd say he's the one you have there. Then Gakpo, he's that one, you know, the false nine who drink, uh, drops into midfield and causes a nuisance. But now you want Nunes there. You want that impact, the one to get his elbows out, getting all those runs in behind the defence, just making things happen. And though... Challenge, Doily. Did mm. they get that one right? Did Paul Tierney get that one right? He did, because it wasn't a red card. Um, it wasn't even given as a foul. No. I think that possibly could have been a foul, but they both players were going for it. It was at Norgard, wasn't it? They it was a classic 50 -50. coming together. Well, it was a classic endo, slightly heavy touch, yeah, then yeah. going off after the ball kind of thing. But both players went in for it. Both players went you know, sliding in. They both caught each other. Mm -hmm. It just happened to be that Norgard was the one who got the heavier contact, and... Thomas Frank spoke after the game, didn't he? He said, look, I don't think it's a red card. He says, but if you look at Curtis Jones's one and mm -hmm. the other one, oh, Marcus Rashford, if they're red cards, then that's got to be a red. But he also said, but those two shouldn't have been red cards. Yeah, so I love Thomas Frank. Well, I mean, we, we just he, said this, but... I know just Thomas Frank is Danish. Yeah, you know, I know, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it just, He's not German. He just seems like a great guy. I just wanted to put it on the pod. He's Danish, German, German wherever, wherever yeah. he's from. He's he's I German. say I like Thomas Frank. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. How did Endo play? I thought it was all right, actually. I know I saw on social media some people said he should never play for Liverpool again, but to be honest, they say that about every player at some yeah. point. Um, it's a couple of useful things. One, it's on his second Premier League start. He managed the full 90 minutes, which will be massive for him, let alone mm. anybody else. And I know you mentioned before there wasn't many option, options to take him off anyway, so you, you probably knew he was going to play the full 90. Um there was a bit in the start of the second half where he did that. He did a turn and he got, went away from oh, Norgard yeah. where he, he kind of dummied and dropped the shoulder and went away from the club, uh, the, the, the cop and club actually. Mm. Really, really the like, club. Yeah, the <laughs> club. <laughs> really like that. But the one thing that impressed me is um, 
last almost like last minute of normal time, Brentford was still pressing, but across at the far post, and he got there ahead of I don't know which player it was, but he managed to head it away, and it was only a little thing, but it kind of underlined the fact that he was while he'll play better games, uh, and it was but it was no by no means a bad game, but he seems to just be kind of getting it a bit more, you know, he's he's. Positionally, he was a bit better. He wasn't trying too hard, as he seemed to be in Toulouse. That was mm-hmm. the other thing as well. And of course, playing at Anfield, he needs to probably play more games at Anfield. Yeah. I think it's worth all his best games for Liverpool. Obviously, there's not been many, but you know, well, Toulouse first half, Leicester in the in the what's it called? In the League Cup. Thank you. In the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not doing sponsorship now. Well, you don't do you. You guys refuse to say the Emirates FA Cup. Yeah. So why should I use sponsors for the the League Cup? It's, it's a, your favourite competition, so you should be. I, I'm I'm proud of it in any it, uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, thank you, Kenny Dalglish. Sorry. That's what Kenny used to always say. Any way, shape. Yeah, or form. Well, okay. Well, I, I am proud of it. You know, I'm not embarrassed of the League Cup. Yeah, so I don't mind getting seen so out and about with the League Cup. Endo, yes, it was a decent <laughs> dec- enough performance for him. Would you start him at Manchester City? I don't know. Certainly not by himself. We've got, we've got two weeks of pods here, so we can come back to this. But you know, I have my opinions on what they should do against City. But playing Endo as the sole number six isn't one of them. You have to tune in on next Monday's pod or next Friday's pod to hear that opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, to to be honest, that that that's not really what he was signed for, was it? To play at Man City, he he was signed to play in games like he did yesterday and 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 do a job. And um, you know, I think think for him, it's about it's about the pace, isn't it? The of the football here and slowly but surely he seems to be improving on that but I don't think he's ever going to be the be all and end though so um, oh, we'll move no, on no, no, no. Um, I could just see in your, <laughs> see in your face <laughs> I, I had that in my head before when am I going to yeah. use it I found yeah. it well, um, say what about, so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Virgil van Dijk Theo um, talking to players who've gone under the radar and it's a theme really at Liverpool this season but um, Virgil van Dijk we had to nominate our, our players of the of twenty twenty three the other day and we're discussing which four and, and um I think we all agreed that he should be in there. But just looking at the calendar year as a whole, he's been like excellent for almost the whole calendar year. Um obviously had an injury at the start of it, but since he's come back has been very, very good. Um another very, very good game yesterday. He's never gonna reach the levels he was twenty twenty, but in general, I mean, there can't be many many others out there doing it better than he is. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. No, definitely. He is almost back to that very best level. Like He's showing the pace now again. Uh, players just don't want to run past him. I think that stat's floating around, isn't it, that people haven't got past him again this year. Oh, really, is it? Which is something that we all went on about in 2019-20. It was always a bit... That was a bit of a anomaly then, wasn't it? You know, I think it, it was... A stat that was massaged quite a bit, but it was also, it, it just it was more about his aura, wasn't it? And I, I feel like he might be getting that aura back. Yeah, like there was one moment I think it was in the second half when they put in Embuemo in behind the defence, and it looks like he's going to get into the box, be one on one, and then Van Dyke just sprints out of absolutely nowhere, gets the tackle in, and I'm not sure if he concedes the corner or manages to get out of the throw. It's like yes, th- this is peak Van Dyke. And he is getting back to these levels and he's doing it week after week now. He's so dominant in the air. We know how good he is on the ball. But the fact that he's got that confidence now where he just he's so intimidating, forwards don't know what to do against him. 
and it's just quite funny that he's put in this sort of performance and you're taking notice of it a bit more before the international break because yeah. obviously he's going to go away with the Netherlands and they're going to say oh he's a rubbish leader whether it's Marco <laughs> Van Basten or some Dutch players from the 70s that not even doilies heard of and it's just, <laughs> not even doilies that's yeah. like, is that how you measure Dutch players <laughs> Dutch players yeah, yeah. but yeah they're all going to slate him and say he's not playing very well he's not a good leader and then you look out he is for Liverpool and he's like what, what are you watching he is no, incredible this have, season watching Holland <laughs> 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 that yeah, even Ronald Koeman was saying he wasn't very good last week, saying he could be better as a leader, and that's your manager doing it. So at least there's not going to be yeah, yeah. that at Liverpool. Well, the thing about Koeman is that he, he's, he's very much the, the stereotypical Dutch yeah, arrogance to him. He's an awful manager, I think, Ronald Koeman. He's, he's well he was a great player, yeah. he's a great yeah. player, but he's done very well to get the managerial career that he's had so far. And it continues. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I imagine him, yeah, in managing you. He's he's awful. He's um he's so. He was manager of Everton, don't forget. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Just, just, just thought, thought he was know. awful there. <laughs> <laughs> I think most Everton fans. I mean, that they've never forgiven him for that tree. So, <laughs> um, someone who wasn't awful yesterday was Costas Simicast Doily. Um, he was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, got I'm a couple of assists. But that, that's again. He got a couple of assists. I must admit, I completely forgot that he assisted that second one because I'm going. Yeah. That's like. One of those Hector and Hector Enrique assists. Yes, you can yeah, look that one up yeah, yourself, everybody. Yeah. Um, that's from assist, is, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, Jota obviously did all the hard work there. I mean, he was terrible in Toulouse. Sorry, but he was. <laughs> yeah. And there's yeah. no, there's no, you yeah, know, yeah. We, we, we can't dress that up in any way. But I think this season he's not really been anywhere near. I would we said this on the pod on Friday. Last 18 months, he's not been as good as he was in the 21-22 season after he'd had that full year of hardly playing and getting mm-hmm. used to it. Started that season really well, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of confidence, he spoke after the game, didn't he? He spoke to, spoke to LFC TV and he was talking about, yeah, he enjoyed it. And I think he kind of knew that he'd not, he let himself down against Toulouse. And we know what he can do. You know, we, we know that he's a little bit defensively, he can be positionally suspect, but if he's in the creating goals then that's the whole point of him being there you know that that's what you want and I think for him it'll be just a massive confidence but it's also settling down a little bit because he knows quite well he's going to be playing loads of games over the next coming um, next couple of months couple of months isn't it with Robertson still out and while we've, we've discussed Joe Gomez could play at left back I'm pretty sure Klopp would rather not do that Joe yeah. Gomez wouldn't mind like because he'd be playing but you I wouldn't be surprised if it happened at City though again I wouldn't be surprised by that but then Simicast would still be playing three out of four games. But but again, like we said, friend, though for Simicast, this is the sort of game that he needs to be available in and putting in. It does, again, they don't have to be nine out of ten performances, but they have to be sort of six out of ten. He has to. He has to, be, seven, to be. Fair. Did you give him a sample? Yeah. There you go. So they, I, I think for him, these are the sort of games that Liverpool need to rely on him for, and and, and he needs to show up, and, and he has. Is that a question? Yeah, I mean, that's just a statement. <laughs> just, uh, you know, yeah, um, his shoes are off again. But I can't control this pod. Well, Klopp said it in the, the press conference. Like, compare Simicas's performance before the first assist and afterwards, and it was so different there. Like, he definitely rose to another level. He looks better physically, defensively. He wasn't out of position as much. He wasn't getting bullied as much. And that's what you want to see. You want to see him being confident, getting forward and making things happen in the final third. Like, it was great uh, determination to get the cross in for the second goal. And yeah, it's a simple pass for the third one, but he's still in that position. Like he's always a player where Liverpool are doing this inverted fullback system. It doesn't suit him as well. Like we knew it didn't suit Andy Robertson if he had to be more defensive. And Simicas is a player who's even more offensive than Robertson. But 
from a, a, when he gets these runner games and he gets a bit of confidence. <laughs> I just you know, you so it can't be more offensive than taking issue. <laughs> yeah, when he gets the runner games and he builds some confidence, you're hoping he can get back to that level he was showing at um, what twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, definitely. Well, Liverpool go into the international break. Doyle a point behind Man City um, at the top of the table. Um, going into that game against City, there's no game I dread more than the Etihad. I think it's a really, really... I mean, obviously, that goes without saying. It's a tough place to go, but but Liverpool do struggle there a fair bit. But um, but have City showed a little bit of weakness recently? We obviously saw they had two back-to-back defeats and then they've been conceding a few goals, obviously, the, the, the Chelsea game yesterday. Um, are there areas Liverpool could exploit? Well, yes, but you know, what's what's their record at home? Is it, they've won every very game good. Or something, yeah. or something like that. So, in that sense, they're still the team to beat. Then again, Liverpool are like that at Anfield, aren't they? But it will be interesting. I mean, I just had a look at Liverpool's record at the Etihad in terms of goal scoring, and I think they've been there ten times under Klopp, and there's only been two games where they haven't scored. One of them was Mane got sent off. After you know, before yeah. half time, the other one they'd all be on the lash for a week because they'd won the, yeah, they'd won the league. Yeah. So and even the Mane one, if you remember, that before he sent off, yeah, they, had, they had, had quite a lot of chances. chances had a couple of chances. Yeah, that was when he was still very early on in his Liverpool career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder what happened to him in the end. Yeah, yeah it's it's that when people were saying he can never play yeah, for Liverpool he's again. Gonna, yeah, he's yeah. gone. He's gone a bit under the radar, I think. Um, but yeah, City again. Two things though. It's twelve thirty, yeah, which is no. always never good, and also it's after an international break, and I know that City are in the same boat. However, City have got a lot more players than Liverpool. This is where the big squad and the standard that they've got throughout the squad, which is unparalleled to anybody, even Real Madrid, I'd say. You know, the, the, the City have the strongest squad in world football. This is where it becomes apparent. So Liverpool are going to have to have a mixture of players playing well and players being available. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean the ones who've been missing the last game or the last couple of games. I'm about the ones getting through the international break, staying fit. Because the other thing is, these are playing for the countries, and a lot of them, these are the last World Cup qualifiers. These are big big games for them. You European know, Championships. European Championships as well. Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got mixed up with the South Americans. They're nowhere near. Yeah, they yeah. only just started. But no, European Championships. And now someone's going to watch this pod and go, every single Liverpool player is involved, the country's already through. Because I've not checked. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's international football. The point you make is it's quite hard making, to go through. Yeah, the, point, yeah, the point I'm making is that it's very hard to predict what's going to happen in the international break. I mean, look what happened. Funny enough, funny enough, look what happened the last one where Klopp had a go at Deschamps for saying, oh, thanks for resting Canate. You know, two, what was it, three minutes yeah. over two mm. games. And who didn't play <laughs> at the weekend? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he's now not going to be playing for France over the next couple of weeks. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, so it will be a tough one, but I think it says a lot about Liverpool and this young side, doesn't it, Theo, that um, that they've got themselves into a position where, again, I think most people would think that they're probably them and Arsenal, City's two closest challenges. Depends who you're asking. Like, obviously, we've had uh, a lot of people saying how great Spurs are this year because they've yeah. got a, a shiny new manager who's made them play better. Shiny football. new manager, mate. Yes, yeah. shiny new manager, mate. Yeah. So they're always... He's Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little bit overhyped, shall we say. At Arsenal, it's still the... Well, they were so good last year. Maybe they go one step further, yeah. as Liverpool did four or five years ago. But when Liverpool are at this year one with the, these younger players... Think, well, if they're still in the conversation now, granted we're only three months into the season, this isn't going to be 
like a one-off. They are going to be part of the conversation for years to come. They're going to get better with this experience. And while it's still debatable whether they could be as close to City come April time, the fact that then the situation now, when you weren't expecting them to be perhaps quite keeping the pace now, it's testament to their abilities. Like they've been ups and downs. We've seen Tottenham. Like if the goal that should have counted in that Tottenham game, of poor level with City. Like there's small margins there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's why we've been excited. It's been exciting watching them this season. Like they're so much better than last year, and just enjoying them taking that step in the, the right direction. Can I just go back to Van Dijk before when you mentioned? Sorry, yeah. I've just remembered this now. Um, since he came back from injury, which was was it mid February or towards the end of February? Yeah, yeah. Liverpool have only lost four games since then. One of them he didn't play in, which was Toulouse. One of them was the Tottenham game, mm-hmm. which was just ridiculous. One of them was at Man City, the yeah. 4-1. And the other one was at Bournemouth, where they missed a penalty. Yeah. Now, that shows that if he's the Van Dijk getting back to his best and playing really well, and the change in formation, and the new attack, and the new midfield, it's like one thing after another has been put into place. And that's why Liverpool, if you'd have said at the start of the season... You're playing Man City on November the 24th, is it? 5th. 5th, 25th. Well, it may as well be the 24th, it's that early. November the 25th. And they're top, and you're only a point behind them in second place. I think back in August, certainly at full time of that game at Chelsea, everyone would have gone, oh, he's not everyone would have gone yeah. what? That's yeah. that, you know, they go, what's happened to City? And it's like, well, actually, they've won nine of those 12 games. They're actually doing yeah. quite well. Well, uh, well, let's finish the pod off with a really pr- quick prediction. Having watched, what, a third? Are we a third of the season? It, it, it's more or less a third, of the season. What's your top four prediction and in what order? Go on, uh, City are winning it. Liverpool second, Arsenal third, Tottenham fourth. Yeah, yeah, City, go on Arsenal, that. Liverpool, Tottenham. Still think Arsenal got too much for Liverpool. Be interesting. Yeah, I'm with Theo. I think Liverpool will just shade it, but... Um, no, we have in Chelsea for a late run. No, no, don't laugh. Because they've, I, I, they've, they've had good results against the, the big teams. I think they'll recover to, say, sixth or even fifth, but I don't think... I think they've given themselves a bit too much. And then much United are only six points behind Liverpool, even though we've had a check, and they played 18 games and lost nine of them in all competitions. How does that, how is that happen? They just don't draw. No, they, they, don't, well, they, don't, they haven't drawn, have they? Yeah, City they haven't, haven't drawn either. Yeah. Um, Has he drawn one? Oh, they drawn one, have they? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. But, yeah, oh, yeah. Yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, obviously looking out before you. But yeah, I mean... But I suppose that, that that's probably is Liverpool's problem. Is that, like you said before, Theo, those fine margins have just not really fallen for Liverpool this season. You know, you think about Chelsea and towards the end of that game, they had a couple of chances to win it, didn't they, really? And, and, and they just couldn't get over the line. So What was telling about yesterday's one, it was it had Rodri in the team. Like, I think he's unbeaten yeah. in 39, 40 games for them. Yeah. Like, the two back-to-back defeats were when he was suspended. Mm. So like, if you've got a game where they're conceding four when he's supposed to be this world-class linchpin, there's something there you can get at. Whether Liverpool are capable of that, we will see in two weeks' time. Yeah, Don't well. forget City still did score four goals at Stamford Bridge, which is quite. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, th- you can't argue with how dangerous they are. And, and but I, but I've just been saying this season, you know, a couple of defeats, the goals they've conceded. There are ways to get. They, at was, them. they were a bit like this last year, weren't they? Yeah, but then they, they click into like the game later in the season. Yeah. And th- you know, the, the thing for me is that I know De Bruyne has been out, mm-hmm. but Gundogan, he's the mm-hmm. one. They need someone to step in and be him. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure who that's going to be. Because yeah. they've got enough people to choose from. When do we start dropping in the the World Cup club card as well? Like that was when Liverpool were written off the title, going, "Oh, they'll be knackered when they come back." Can we start saying that? Our yeah, city will be weren't. spent at Christmas. They, weren't, were they? No. they ended up d- doing even better. So yeah, well, well done, Theo. You've ruined your piece. You were going to write there. It wasn't <laughs> even a piece. It was just thrown out there. <laughs> we shall see. We'll wrap it up. Doily, put your shoes back on, and we'll be back on Friday to pass the time over the international break and look ahead to that big game at City. See you then. Ta-ra. 
been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.